what a wonderful morning it's been already. It's just been amazing from Carl leading the prayer meeting uh, and bringing Jesus' final instructions to his disciples uh, about what he wanted them to do at the Last Supper, to love one another and to love everybody around them and to love him, to Dave sharing about how Jesus, who is God himself, came down and took on the life of a servant. Even though he was God himself, he chose to humble himself and take on the servant-hearted life and died the, the death of a criminal on a cross for us. Isn't that amazing? Just such an amazing, powerful word to remind us all of what Jesus did for us. So, I have recently read a couple of books, and I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but I've read three books recently, and one of them was, I get most of my reading material from Dave, so he's, he's a very good uh, librarian. So I read a book by Dallas Willard, A Life Without Lack. And it is based on Psalm 23. And who here would like a life without lack? Yeah. I certainly am in for a life without lack. I also read a book recently by Louis Giglio, which is a wonderful, wonderful book. And it's really nice and short. So there goes you guys <laughs> thinking I was smart and I've read three books. And it is called um, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. Incredible book, and he also shares from Psalm 23. So, then I read another book by John Bevere called Killing Kryptonite. So if any of you are looking for reading material, these are all come highly, highly um, suggested by me. And Killing Kryptonite is all about us uh, getting rid of kryptonite. You know, it's that substance that Superman made Superman weak. So Superman was incredibly powerful, but if you give him kryptonite or put kryptonite near him, he just becomes a normal human being. And kryptonite is the sin and the, everything in our lives that, that hinders us from, from making progress in our faith and growing and maturing. So uh, Mark got hold of me uh, this week. They had an opportunity to go to the game reserve for the weekend, and I was so keen for them to get away. They've been working super hard and they deserve it as a family. So I stepped up. So I jokingly said to him, but you do know if I preach that I'll be preaching from Matthew 22. <laughs> and I can see everyone here going, oh, such a nice Bible day. I should have gone. I know Mark, I've already heard his message from Matthew 22. What a waste of time. Anyway, sorry for you. <laughs> but... Fortunately, Mark intervened on your behalf, and he directed me, he said to me, Mark, please, can you rather preach from Luke 10 today? So, let's turn up your Bibles to Luke 10. <laughs> Dave already knows what's happening. So, <laughs> and we are going to read from verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of all his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will re reimburse you any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So, Dallas Willard talks in his book, A Life Without Lack, about us dying to ourselves. What does this mean, to die to yourself? Well, simply it means service to God and service to others before ourselves. We put aside our own desires and we seek God's will for our lives. We use our time, our talents and our ties or our, our, our money for His glory. This can be quite a scary thought and it, has, it, it definitely scares me and we all enjoy our comforts in our life and we expend a lot of energy trying to fulfill the various desires that we have in our life and words like cost and sacrifice cause heart palpitations in many of us we have a serious aversion to difficulty to costs and sacrifice especially in this current day and age and we expend enormous amounts of energy and resources having backup plans, having insurances in place, and making sure that no matter what might happen, we've got it covered. But as we have learned recently in recent times, more than most with COVID and uh, riots and floods and Eskom problems, our best, well-conceived plans can come to naught. And when things are out of control, our only source of solace is our Father in Heaven. We might and try and sol find solace in many different things. It, might, it may be our work, it may be in, some, in alcohol or some other 
solace, something else that, that, that helps us, that we think might help us. But all these other solaces that we might try and find are empty promises that leave us depressed, dismayed, and dissatisfied. Ironically, a humble life of service like Jesus led, a humble life of service to a loving, trustworthy, kind, infinitely wise and powerful Father is the life we are all after. Isn't it strange how we think our own plans are better than God's? No, God created this funny little blue star that we live on. He created our solar system, our galaxy, and the universe. And I read somewhere the other day, if you hold that little coin up to the sky like that, at night, into the sky, you block out 15 million stars with that coin. Isn't that incredible? And our God has created this incredible universe for us. And He is infinitely wise and infinitely powerful. We have no idea. And yet, we are so determined to implement our plans for our life. When instead we could let go, we could surrender our lives into this incredible creator, this loving, kind, trustworthy fathers, we can surrender our lives into his hands. So I'm going to just use a markism here. Markism's a word I made up. But <laughs> Mark has some markisms that he uses. I don't know if any of you have noticed. But he often says, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> so I'm going to say, don't hear what I'm not saying. Having plans in place, having backup, having insurance, these are all good things. But our trust needs to be, and our hope needs to be in our Father. I'll try and squeeze in, um, it's not an either or, uh, later on, if I can. <laughs> Sorry, Marcus. You mustn't go away, you're always going to cop a bit. So, the issue here is the condition of our hearts. When we face with a situation, are we, are we evaluating the condition of our hearts? It's normal to have these feelings of, of fear or anxiousness, uh, and when it comes to cost and sacrifice. Um, in our communities, we have got so many people in need around us. It's, it's, it can at times be an overwhelming thought when we look around us at the, at the huge need in our communities. There are poor people literally battling to put food on their tables every single day. There are fatherless and parentless children. There are people with various and, uh, health issues and um, all sorts of different problems. And you don't have to look far or go very far in your life to see people in need, people in great need around us. And we really need to have a kingdom mindset when we look at the community around us. We need to be able to look at our own lives and the lives of the people around us through Jesus' eyes. 
Hüya wants a fulfilling life. Hüya wants this life that Dallas Willard has so beautifully wrote about in this book. A life of peace and joy and contentment, free from worry and anxiousness, and even a, a, a fulfilling life. No matter what challenges and difficulties we face, we, we have the power to overcome them, and, and we all want this life. And Mark often apologizes to, uh, to us all on behalf of the church as a whole, that if you're under any impression that because you're sitting here in this church, because you've given your life to Jesus, that life is going to be a walk in the park for you, it's not true. It just is not true. It is not life. We live in this broken, fallen world. And you are going to be facing difficulties in this life. So do not be under any false impressions. Life is tough, and especially at the moment. And in this life, I want my kids, I want my children to be prosperous and successful. I desire for them to stay close to Jesus because I know firsthand the difficulties and the troubles that this world has in it. And I know that if they stay close to Jesus, that he will get them through, through it. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And that's from 2 Peter 1. Everything we need for life and godliness. I desire for my children to be good ambassadors for Jesus. Not to be self-absorbed. Another Marxism here, and not to be navel-gazing. I want them to be men and women who make a difference in this world, who encourage and have a possible positive influence on the people around them. I want them to leave this world, and I want myself to leave this world a better place. Who doesn't want that? And the way we have this life is to lead a servant-hearted life, a servant-hearted life that Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, modeled out for us so beautifully. Carl brought it up in the prayer meeting, Jesus' last supper. What did he do? The instructions he gave his disciples to love one another and to love him. What did Jesus do at the final supper? He got on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. The greatest act of service that could have been performed. And it was very, very humbling for the disciples to have their feet washed by their master. And yet that's what Jesus wanted to leave them with this picture. That we are not here to be above anybody. We have come here to serve. And if you are sitting in this church, my heart, and just like my heart desire for my children, is to be of service to this world, to love God, to love their neighbors. That is what we are called to do. We are called to be the, that good Samaritan. We are definitely not called to be like that priest or that, the, the priest that just ignored the poor man lying on the side of the road. And they had every excuse in the book. And I get horrified at myself sometimes too because I'm often like that priest that just checks that out and walks the other way. 
Um, I'm going to read, so I'm going to strip to my laptop quickly. I want to read to us. While I'm getting it, I'm going to tell you the story of St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi was a Catholic monk who came from a very, very wealthy family. So, St. Francis of Assisi wrote this prayer. Lord, sorry, I was halfway through my story and now I've skipped, let me go back to my story. So he was a very, very, came from a very, very wealthy family and uh, I know we all want to get to Vado, including myself, so I'm going to cut the story short. <laughs> he, he gave up all his wealth and he gave up, he, he went and, and, and rebuilt this Catholic church um, with his father's money and his father was so furious with him uh, that he went to the bishop of the Catholic Church and shouted at him and the bishop told him he needs to pay back the money um, and so uh, St. Francis of Assisi told his dad, he said, I'm out, keep my inheritance, um, you can use that to pay for it, I'm going to live for the church. He had various, it's very interesting, he's had an amazing life. Anyway, he had multiple experiences with God uh, and, and he his heart was, he was like a Mother Teresa of his time. And still in the Catholic Church today, he is a hero. And he wrote this prayer. Lord, Tor, why just come up here and hold this for me, please, while I scroll around. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Isn't that an amazing, amazing prayer? And I'm actually going to print this prayer out for myself and put it up on my fridge so that I can remind myself every day, because I visit the fridge uh, repeatedly <laughs> during the course of the day, much to my the wrath of my wife. There's no chair, don't close that Johnny fridge. You're letting out all the cold there. And sure enough, it comes back. Five minutes later, the doors open and I'm gazing and going up and down like that, as if something's magically going to appear there for me to eat. <laughs> so, but, um, so it should get into my thick skull if I put a sticker on the, maybe the inside of the fridge. <laughs> um, I've got another quote for us. First of all, my child, think magnificently of God, magnify his providence, adore his power, pray to him frequently and incessantly, bear him always in your mind, 
Teach your thoughts to reverence him in every place, for there is no place where he is not. Therefore, my child, fear and worship and love God. First and last, think magnificently on him. And that is from Paternus, and that was his advice to his son. So why do I want this life for myself and for my children? Because Jesus came to implore us to live this life. He implored us to live a life of sacrifice, a life of service. We each have our own race to run, so let's run it, let's run it well. But why? Why do I find it so difficult? Why do we all actually find it so difficult to surrender our lives to this sort of life? I mean, it's a no-brainer that a life of service and love is going to be the most rewarding and fulfilling life, and that's why I want it for my children. I know a selfish, self-absorbed life just leaves you empty and hollow and sad and looking for the next thing to fill that void that we all have in our hearts and that's why I want it for my children I've, I've walked a long road to get to this point yeah. and that's why I want it and you know we are so fortunate we just have the best coach in the business with Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith and we have the best team around us here in this this family of, of River Church and uh, our this week I watched an amazing, amazing documentary. Uh, if you're looking for some, some entertainment, um, go and watch Kip Chip Co, The Final Milestone. I know you'll love it, Dan. It is the most incredible, incredible story of Elliot Kip Chip Co, the Kenyan runner. So if any of you are runners here, you'll understand this. I don't know, Andy in his prime, uh, probably could have done this, but um, the Olympic at 400 meter athletes are probably doing about 42, 43 seconds. I don't know, Johnny, maybe faster. I don't want to lie to you, but in that in that vicinity for 400 meters, okay, that's like Olympic level athletes. Elliot ran 42 kilometers at 68 seconds per 400 meters. And to do it, he had to have a team, he had 40 of the best marathon runners in the world supporting him. And he had a group of about eight runners that would run with him for about five Ks. And they'd peel off and the next group would pull up next to him and run with him. Just before he broke the record, and ran under two hours for 42 kilometers. He ran one hour, 59, and I think 40-something seconds. Just before that, he ran at Monza Racetrack. He ran 42 kilometers there. And he missed breaking the record by 20 seconds. Now he's trying to shave off 20 seconds off a 42-kilometer race. It's the most incredible story. But to see the sacrifice that that man made, and his, his, his brain and his head and his coaches are just saying, they were just saying that athletics is an individual sport, but Elliot makes it a team sport because his heart's desire is to uplift 
everybody around him and to make everybody he, he just wants if he could have everybody running with him he could and he would that's how genuine and humble and what an incredible man he is so go go and watch it but my point is this we all need a team around us we all need a family around us to get through this life to encourage us we all need help at some stage we are all going to need prayer at some stage so Let's live a life of service. Let's run this race that we, each of us has got marked out for us. Let's run it well. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in, in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's Colossians 3. This is a quote, once again, from Dallas Willard. Most of the quotes that I'm going to read you are. So, um, talk of you just come up and hold again for me. Bearing that scripture from Colossians in mind. So, Dallas Willard says this. Human desire is infinite by its nature. It cannot be satisfied. You must take your stand against it because you cannot satisfy it. Isn't that amazing? We not, whatever our desires are, we are not going to be able to satisfy it. So we need to take our stand against it. So, why can't we, why do we struggle so much to take our stand against it? Our problem is quite simple. We are just unprepared to make the sacrifices that we need to receive the reward. We want everything to fall into our laps. We don't set our mind on things above. We see our challenges and our hurts in life as just that. We look around us and, and, and compare ourselves to other people and envy other people's, oh, I wish I could be like that person. They don't have any problems. And ironically, they have their own problems. Everybody has their own problems. And everybody has their own challenges and hurts that they are facing. We have to guard our hearts and our minds with all discipline and strength. This is what it means to die to self. It is seeing our circumstances and our lives through Jesus' eyes. You see, everything inside us wants to do the opposite of that St. Francis of Assisi prayer. Everything inside us wants revenge when we are hurt. Everything inside us just 
literally, <laughs> where there's hatred, <laughs> we respond with hatred. Instead of putting that to death and sowing love. Where there's injury, when we are injured, injured or hurt, how are we responding? Are you putting that to death and forgiving? Are you pardoning people? Where there's despair, are you despairing? There's a lot to despair about in South Africa right now. Are you despairing or are you full of hope? Because we are called to be full of hope. I could go through each and every single one of those prayer of Assisi's points. And the world says, this is how you respond. But Jesus is a total counterculture. And Jesus says, you love our enemies, we forgive, we move on. And he knows us. God created us. He knows how we work. So as difficult as it might be to forgive, he knows that you are going to live a more fulfilling life if you forgive. This is it. I'm going to read you a few more quotes from Dallas Willard. We have the ability and responsibility to keep God present in our minds. And those who do so will make steady progress towards him. For he will respond by making himself known to us. Fear and worry are worthless, indeed vain emotions. If you are frightened or afraid, there is no use feeling guilty about it. What you need to do is fix your mind upon God and ask him to fill your mind with himself. And as your mind is transformed, your whole personality will be transformed, including your body and your feelings. The transformation of the self away from a life of fear and insufficiency takes place as we fix our minds upon God as he truly is. The ultimate freedom we have as individuals is the power to select what we will allow or require our minds to dwell upon and think about. I think we mean all the ways in which we are aware of things, including memories, perceptions, and beliefs. The focus of your thoughts significantly affects everything else that happens in your life and evokes the feelings that frame your world and motivate your actions. What is framing your world today? What is motivating your actions today? Go back to that prayer of St. Francis's CC and make sure those are the things that are framing your world and motivating your actions today. If we are not prepared to use our power of choice to turn our minds to God, then we do not have contact with God. Another quote from the book. The body is important. The mind is all important. And the most important thing about your mind is what it is fixed upon. What is your mind fixed upon today? Is it fixed upon loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength? Was it a bit like my mind wandering around wildly and aimlessly, thinking often about the offenses that I have endured and, and fanning those feelings of, of anger and resentment to, to flame? You might get so irritated with myself. Sometimes I just let my mind run wild. And I catch myself from like, putting myself together. What are you thinking about? Hopefully I'm not alone with that. 
But we need to be fixing our nose. This is a constant battle. Maybe it's only me that struggles like this with this, but our minds are constant are constantly at war. They're at war with the world. They're at war with our own hearts. So, we need to understand. We need to have grace for ourselves too. I don't want to put a heavy on you. Understand this. That prodigal son that went, he thought he was going to live the best life ever. Hey, I'm going to have a joy. I'm out of here. And he took his cash and he went and lived it up. He fulfilled probably every desire that he thought would fulfill him. And what happened? His life turned into a mess. But fortunately he humbled himself. And fortunately he ran back to his father. And the father was waiting there. And the story said the father used to go out every day and wait for him and look, hoping his son would come back. And he did. So, that is, Jesus told the story. Jesus was God. He is God. He knows the heart of God. That's, when we, when we slip up, when we mess up, guys, forgive yourself quickly. Move on. Forgive yourself. Go back to God. And, and just love Him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Everything. The, the, this, this whole book, and I always say this, it's so simple. If you're a new Christian, just focus on those scriptures. Just focus on loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor. That's how simple it is. This book is full of encouraging stories and gems, and it is everything we need for life and godliness is in here. And it, but it all stems from these two, now we've got two, Matthew 22 and Luke 10, to look at. <laughs> But everything that you need to know is in those two scriptures. And Matthew 22 says it plainly. He says everything in, in, in the scriptures is, is, is from this. Right, I'm going to wrap it up. So, I just want to say this. If you're feeling exhausted, if you are a bit like me and you find your mind running away wildly every now and again if you're if you have something that's gripping you in your life something that you know is wrong that you don't want in your life anymore if you have some chains keeping you in bondage if you are just longing to be more intimate with god and to be more effective if you are longing to serve better if you are longing to be more generous with your time and with your with, with your with your cash. Don't be like me and often how I procrastinate and I just will walk the other way. I don't, I'm not saying I always do that. I, I do my best to be a good Samaritan. But if you want to be better, fix your mind. Fix your mind on the things above. Elliot gets up every single day in the dark and runs. Why? Because he knows if he doesn't, he's not going to achieve his goal. And so he did. He made big sacrifices, big reward. He fulfilled his goal. And he said, says that he wasn't doing it just for himself. He was doing it for humanity. And truly, that's his heart. He wanted to show the human beings that you can do whatever you set your mind to do. 
that you can make a difference in this world. And each and every single one of you sitting there today can make a difference in the little world that you live in, and the people who are around you, in your children's lives, in your parents' lives, in your work colleagues' lives. You can make a difference. And you can show God's love to everybody whose lives you touch. There's no sugarcoating it, I'm sorry. Sometimes it's just plain we are unprepared to do what is needed to be done. To have freedom from the things that are holding us back. We long to be free of this thing that's holding us back. We long to be able to forgive that person and have our minds free. We long to lead whatever it, it may be. We long for it, but we're not willing to pay the price. There's always a price to pay. I always tell my children, there's always a price to pay. There's always a cost to whatever you do, whatever choice you make. If you choose to work hard, yes, it's hard. The rewards are going to be there. If you choose to be lazy, there are consequences to that. So, you took the easy way out here, but it's going to be hard there. Take the hard way here, it's going to be easy there. And that's how life goes. So, sorry to scold you so <laughs> severely, but let's, let's pay the price. Let's turn off the TV half an hour earlier at night, get into bed half an hour earlier, and wake up half an hour earlier the next day and spend our time with our Father so that we are prepared for the day, so that we can prepare our hearts, and especially if you're facing a difficult situation or your mind is running wild or something, you can, if you prepare, if you wake up in the morning and you know, I've forgiven that person, and you spend time with your father, and you're in a good place, you can handle whatever is thrown at you. If you haven't, watch out. The devil loves that. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which strengthens us and counsels us. We thank you that we do not have to do this thing on our own strength. But I do just pray, Lord God, that you would help us to set our mind on things above. That you would help us to just fight the good fight. That you would help us to be single-minded in seeking you out. In loving you with all of our hearts, mind and strength. And loving our neighbours. That we would lay our lives down as as holy sacrifices for you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I really just pray for, for breakthrough for those who are struggling with possibly depression, with those who are struggling with addiction, with those who are struggling with, with, with anything in their lives. I just pray for breakthrough. I pray for freedom from that thing that they, as they set their minds on you, that they would be set free of those things. Help us to grow and mature and just grow closer to you and be more intimate with you each and every single day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.